everybody. Welcome to episode two of High Voltage. I'm your host, Tampa Bay Lightning fanatic Shelby Schmidt, and I am here with one of my best friends, Talmadge Williamson, Carolina Hurricanes fanatic, and we are here to break down game three of the Central Division showdown between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Carolina Hurricanes. And I'm going to try to be in a good mood because I am still a little pissed off and emotionally raw from the game last night. So, yeah. I don't blame you there. I do not blame you for being a little upset. (sighs) As a Carolina fan, I'm happy. You know. I'm sure you're happy. I'm sure you're happy. And, you know, honestly, I'm happy too. I felt like we played a great game. Uh, The result was obviously not what we wanted. But I felt like that was a complete and total showing of lightning dominance throughout three periods, pretty much, with some minor mistakes and an egregious penalty. Um, But we'll get into that later. So Tal and I uh, spent yesterday taking diligent notes and being the investigative journalist that we are, trying to figure out what was going on with a bunch of different injuries for both teams leading into the game yesterday. So we started out the day finding out through the morning skate that the Carolina Hurricanes goaltender, Nedeljkovic, had been benched in favor of Peter Morasic. It was big news coming out of the first two games where we both felt like Ned did not do that bad of a job. And as we said in the last podcast, uh, Tal did not think it was deserving of being benched. And we both questioned the decision, um, but clearly it was the right one. Would you say that, Tal? Well, after long consideration of how I felt about the, the move, Looking into it, I found out that really they, they pulled Nevedelkovich because of, you know, they wanted to clear his mind, give him a day of rest. Um, Marazic showed up, played fantastic. Um, I, I cannot complain. I think he did, if not a better job, than Nevedelkovich has in the series. Um, I think he, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about the two goals in a little bit, but I, f- I feel like he did better defense than Nedeljkovic has this season. I've, um, in this yeah, series. I mean, he, he showed up when he needed to show up. Um, Morazic was the fifth different goalie the Lightning have faced so far in the 2021 playoffs. The Lightning are actually the team Morazic has played the most games against in his career. He was with the Detroit Red Wings for a long stint. He's faced us in the playoffs before. So he was very familiar with, I think, our organization and our structure. Um, and hearing that he was in goal for me, I felt like that was a, a panic move from Carolina. And I definitely felt like, oh, oh, dang, we've got under their skin. They're freaking out. They're changing up personnel. Um, and I felt like, you know, we had a real opportunity to prove to everyone that it didn't matter what goalie we played against, like in the Florida series. Um, and I was hoping we would, uh, but Morazic was just on his shit last night, honestly, just on his shit. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable some of the saves he made and they were the difference. They were the difference in that game for sure. They were, um, Fazzy played fantastic too for your, your end. I mean, can't, he did, he did. Can't get past him. He, he was still very, very good in goal, um. What, what I found interesting, though, was, you know, the betting lines kind of kind of switched when they, they came out with Morazic as a starter. Tampa Bay was... Yeah, Vegas Vegas uh, took that into account. Yeah, they did. Tampa Tampa went from a negative a 160 favorite to a negative 145 favorite by puck drop, which is a 15, diff- 15, 15, uh, 15 swing. So you know, if you win, if you bet a hundred dollars, you win um, like forty-five, I believe, is how that works. Um, but they, they, they definitely switched. Um, the betting definitely switched. Um, I think with other other injury news, I think it kind of stayed Tampa's way because of you know injury news and everything and how people um, perceived how the game was going to go for you guys well yeah let's jump in let's jump into the other injury news so we also learned from the morning skate that uh stamkos and mcdonough were not present at the lightning morning skate um that was more than likely body maintenance it is the playoffs 
both of them had kind of you know long game stretches where they were injured this season so it made kind of sense but it was a little concerning at first thankfully it it didn't mean anything um and david savard was working out with the scratches like matthew joseph which gave us a good indicator that he was not going to draw into the lineup tonight for his return since his upper body injury and we would be getting luke shen again john cooper came out after we got that news and said same lineups as game one and two so we pretty much knew what we were getting on that end um, but for Carolina, the Trocheck news came out. He wasn't at morning skate. Um, Brenda Moore said he was doubtful for the game that evening, and we pretty much knew he was not going to be there. Um, so that was another you know, piece that got us thinking, how is this Carolina team going to respond down two of their top forwards with a different goalie who hasn't played in the playoffs so far? Um, so that was definitely a storyline going into the game last night. Um, as far as David Savard, uh, I mean, I don't know how to say this. I just feel like he has not clicked with the Lightning. I know I mentioned it on the last pod. I just think he's struggling to find his, his spot in our team, in our system. Savvy, in his first 14 games with the Bolts, the Lightning were outscored when he was on the ice 14-3. to I think that's a good statistic to kind of give you an indicator of how well he's fit in. I think he's a great defenseman, don't get me wrong. I love the moves we made to trade for him. I think it was an important piece to add. But he's becoming a free agent in the summer. Who knows if he's going to stay with the Lightning. We gave up a lot of draft capital to get him, and he has not appeared in this series so far because of an injury. But I would love to see him come into this, this group, into this lineup, and be the kind of dominating force he was for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, yeah, we kind of figured Trocek wasn't playing on my side pretty early in the day. Um, it was it was pretty pretty lost at that point. But uh, we got the we got the lines from a good source on uh, Twitter around three three something yesterday and closer to four, but. Saw that, you know, obviously Nina Ryder didn't travel with the team, but Trocheck did travel with the team for us, which is which is better news than anything because it could we could see him tomorrow in Game Four, um, but we we found that Morgan Grecky was going to take the spot on the fourth line as the center, and the defense looked like it stayed the same, um, obviously with Marazic and Gold and Djokovic following him up, um, it looked like we were kind of running the same lines um I, I actually think if I'm not mistaken I don't think Svechikov, Aho, and Taravana started the game I think it was Vogel, Stalin, Nikas and Pesci yeah I think and... it was uh third line against third line because the Yanni Gord line started for us yeah well we that was our second line listed on our um when they announced the lines and I think our second defensive line started I'm not sure if Bean and Hackenpah started. I think they were third to get on the ice. Um. Well, leading up to 8 o'clock yesterday, uh, lots of news obviously was happening. And, uh, of course, we were all looking forward to the game. Tal and I especially, we had about four pages of notes at this point just leading up to the game, (laughs) uh, which aired on the USA Network because NBC – is a joke and they could not give less of a shit about this series whatsoever um giving us like the the d squad of commentators who you know (laughs) i they they did fine i i don't have as many bones to pick with them as i usually do but it's just ridiculous it's like you have a southern hockey showdown and you're going to schedule it a half hour after the start of the bruins islanders and put it on the usa network i mean what (laughs) What? It's just it, mind blowing to me. At least for you, like it wasn't I was seeing on, uh... commercials for suits in between the periods. Like what? What? Like I think the last time I watched the USA Network was like in high school, watching reruns of Law and Order SVU. What? What are they doing hosting a hockey game in the playoffs? It's bizarre. <laughs> at least for you, totally it wasn't. Bizarre. At least for you, it wasn't on the other NBC uh, network where you would have had to stream it off of an online website. Instead, you were able to watch it through YouTube oh, TV. I'm assuming. Damn, Tal, don't don't ex- don't expose me for my illegal streaming. Okay, <laughs> girls gotta do what a girl's gotta do hey, to watch I didn't the call Bolts it. game because 
I don't live in Florida full time anymore and I do not get ballet sports. So, you know, during the regular season, I got to do what I got to do. But uh, if you need a link, do. hit me up. We all got to <laughs> we all got to do what we got to do. We can't we can't we can't miss hockey. Like you can't can't be missing this, these types of games, especially in the playoffs. And um, not nah, for sure. Well, let's uh let's jump into kind of our game recap period by period. Um, so Tal, you want to kind of give us a rundown of the first period? Um, yeah, I'll give a rundown of of Carolina side. Um, we we started off pretty slow. Um, we did take the first couple shots of the game. Uh, they were um, one of them was by again Morgan Greeky or Geeky. Um, sorry if I butcher his name. First time seeing him in the playoffs, but he he took a f- uh, first couple chances for us and. Um, to be honest, I felt like he played very well coming in on the fourth line in his first game. I think we did very well to contain Tampa for the most part. Um, I have to give a huge shout-out to whoever gave Tampa their sticks for the game. They broke. Oh, my th- th- God, dude. <laughs> Take a shot for every broken stick there was in that game and tell me how you feel. I mean, was there sabotage there? Three uh, broken twigs for Tampa in the first period alone. I mean, and ugh, just ridiculous. What? Someone talked to the athletic trainer. Something something went wrong <laughs> on the way home from Raleigh. I don't know. That was like bizarre. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think Tampa needs to figure out who who sent those and who gave them to their players. As far as that, um, you know, the NBC announcers. Dominion voting. <laughs> The, the NBC announcers obviously had to show the the unrenowned. I feel like it's a record. Two hundred and seventeen minutes of Vazzy shutting not only Carolina down but Florida down on five on five goals. I believe I believe Tampa on my end would have scored had there not been broken sticks. Um, I think oh, Marazic. Sure. I think Marazic played very very well. We we. Didn't get a lot of chances in the first period like this series has been going where Carolina just came out and just absolutely hounded Tampa on the offensive end. I felt like we came out a little flat on our end. Uh, I liked the pressure from Ajo to begin the game. I felt like he, he was he was more attentive and he was ready to play. Um, I think that was one of my big keys coming into to game three. And I just overall, I think our defense really held, held strong. Um, we pressured um Tampa to take very good shots and our faceoffs was fantastic in the first period. I think we were leading faceoffs like 70 to 20% through the first period. Yeah, who gives a shit about faceoffs? <laughs> well, hey, faceoffs faceoffs are huge it's when they're It's a stat. It's a stat you were winning. We'll give it to you. Hey, hey, faceoffs are huge in the defensive zone when you're trying to stop a team like Tampa Bay from they scoring. They are. <laughs> um, they are. Well, I felt like Tampa came out with a much they were it was a sloppy start. Like the first couple minutes I felt like it was a sloppy start, but our top line ended up getting some nice sustained pressure there, forcing an icing. Um Braden had a great backhand try that, you know, led to another good chance for the Sorelli line. Mrazic held strong. Um I kept getting the feeling we were going to break through soon and not keep breaking sticks. Uh but, you know, I, I thought it was a strong period. We definitely got more shots. I think 50% of our shots were for Hedman at one point. I mean, he was shooting like a, it was. a hunting season had just opened. He he was moving up, making plays in past the blue line, taking shots. I love seeing that from him. I feel like we haven't seen that from him since his injury in March, so that was really encouraging to see. Overall, I, I felt like at the end of that period that we we had been dominating um, in a sense, and I was ready for the breakthrough. Felt really good going into the second period, but it was kind of strange. That was the third game in a row where we have ended the first period tied zero to zero. Third well, time in a row. We also can't forget about the. We also can't forget about the, the the frustration from Tampa at the end of the near the end of the period. Also with the the Brent the Brett Pesci um, power play call. I think Cooch. Mm. Did do yeah, an interference call. Off. I think I think he did yeah. do an interference call. I think it was the right call at the time. 
I do, from a Carolina standpoint, I think when Brett Pesci got back up and went over and pushed him, I felt like they should have given us a penalty also at that point in time. They they didn't, um, which luckily for us gave us the first power play of the game, which we were absolutely pathetic on. We took zero shots on a two-minute minor power play with one of the best players on Tampa, if not in hockey, on in, in the box. Like, you cannot tell me to, that we can take zero shots and put zero shots on the net versus Vazzy. Your defense played fantastic through the first power play. Um, Kutch came back out and even had, like, a really good end to the period. I, I But from, from a Carolina standpoint, I want to clear it up. I felt like Brett Pesci deserved to also get a penalty there with Cooch, and it should have been a four-on-four opportunity instead of a power play. Maybe Thank that would have been different. Thank you for saying that, Tal. Maybe that would have been different. Maybe that would have got us some shots on goal instead of it being, uh, you know, five-on-four, um, which luckily we didn't score on it because then I would have had to hear from Tampa fans that all we can do is score on a man advantages. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I just I, – I, I appreciate you saying that because – I have been so frustrated with the officiating throughout these playoffs in all the series I've been watching. Um, but obviously, like, as a Tampa fan, that shit pissed me off because it's it's almost identical to what happened in game two where Cooch gets cross-checked, he gets up, he cross-checks the guy back, and somehow Cooch only comes away with the penalty. I mean... It's hard to be Nikita Kucherov, let me just say that. Everyone in the league is gunning for him all the time every moment of every game um but yeah I, I mean why was there not a penalty called Pesci literally ran into the linesman and the linesman was like thank you no penalty <laughs> only Kucherov it's just so annoying and then yeah you guys had like in the previous games you had a power play that carried over into the second period but yeah not not a lot there for you I was impressed with our penalty kill was feeling really good about that but my god these refs drive me crazy and I'm I'm not gonna bitch about the refs like the whole game because it, it is what it is sometimes a call goes your way sometimes it doesn't you obviously should call penalties you know when there are penalties it's just like consistency man and don't be consistent if you're only gonna call cooch and not the other guy I mean yeah it's not the kind of consistency I'm looking for I totally agree well, the, the sad part about this situation is I'm trying to figure out, did Brett Pesci actually get injured pushing Kutch, not actually getting hit by Kucherov? Um, oh, yeah, because Pesci, uh, Pesci left Pesci the, was, left was the injured. Ice. Yeah, he left the ice at the end yeah. of the first. He he went down the tunnel as the power play started, and at that point it was it was looking bleak for him to return um, because he had limped off to the thing, and as a Carolina fan – being put with injuries has really destroyed us. Um, I think with physicality and um, especially with wingers, because that would have been our third winger on our top two lines to be gone if we had, you know, if he had not potentially returned um, for the second period. And um, Yeah, I think injuries for Carolina are definitely a storyline that has kind of been throughout the entire series and something that's going to be interesting to see how things develop as we'll get into what happens in the second and third period with uh Hoag's. but yeah yeah I mean my favorite part of that first period was basically Tampa dominating physically I mean Palat had a couple of really really big hits um clean hits but big hits and there was a, there was a scrum at one point that Braden Point was involved in and Braden Point never fights and it's always hysterical when you see his little <laughs> like 5'11 self trying to, to to battle it out with the guys but it felt like Carolina did not want the smoke I don't know if there's anyone on your team who can go toe-to-toe with some of our bigger guys like Chernak or Pat Maroon or you know Luke I Shen I mean the list goes on and on I did not think they wanted the smoke at all I don't think I don't think Carolina's a fighting team per se on the the uh when it goes to throwing hands I think we're more of we're focused on you know just being a speed defensive minded team I don't think we we really even have the outside of maybe Dougie Hamilton maybe that might with throw punches Aho seems like he's just too mild tempered to throw it Jordan Stahl maybe with his 
Oh, with him getting up in age, maybe he just doesn't feel like his his body can take punches from the likes of Nikita Kucherov or, you know, those types of players. I mean, Pat Maroon is huge. I mean, you don't want to mess with him. Yeah, but overall, I thought it was a good period. We ended it with shots 10-9 to in favor of Tampa. Um, And then we go into the second with Carolina with the extended power play. As we said before, they went 0-1 with zero shots. Um, we definitely were leading with 12 hits. And I think the big concern for you guys was about Pesci, hoping he was okay. Uh, definitely couldn't afford to lose him. Um, Carolina was leading the faceoff percentage, but they were, you know, starting to get a little bit of room, I think, on the counterattack. That's something I always look for when we play, like, really fast-paced teams is, you know, Tampa moves up their defensemen for their attack and one block shot, one errant pass usually leads to an odd man rush. And that is kind of the like worst case scenario that we've seen result in a goal for the other team like all season long. We've gotten better at it, but definitely I think that's a weakness that Carolina was looking to exploit. You could kind of see it starting to break through. Um, but yeah, then we come back for the second period and Pesci's back on the ice. Yeah, I actually missed that. I actually missed that the start of the... The second period, I was actually in the living room talking to my mother about podcasting and um, stuff, and I actually missed the the first part of the period. I made it back. You're a fake fan for that, Tom. <laughs> I made it back just in time. You're to be dialed in the whole time, man. You're I made lose it, your job on this podcast if hey, you miss any hey, more minutes of the game. <laughs> hey, I made. Well, um, you're gonna be on your own for game four. <laughs> it looks like um, I'm going to a baseball game, but you know, I made it back in time though. I made it. I made it back in time, for for Carolina, for for our first strike of the series versus Vasilevsky. Yeah. So, finally, after two hundred and thirty-two minutes, a five v five goal gets past Andre Vasilevsky, um, and it comes off of a shot from the top of the point from Pesci, who took the hit from Nikita Kucherov and was injured, and then came right out and scored a goal to start the second period. It did deflect off of Andre Pilat. Um, I saw it kind of tweak off his back and change direction. I think maybe that's why Vazzy couldn't track it. He couldn't get it with his blocker. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, disheartening for sure because I felt like we had been dominating that game so much. And to go down 1-0, I was like, Jesus. But I stayed positive. I was positive. I was like, you know, the boys will get right back in it. And then, what do you know? Just yeah, a few I'd, minutes later. I definitely have Sebastian to still... fucking Ajo. Yeah. <laughs> Off a bad change. I will say that was a terrible change by the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was lazy. It was slow. <laughs> it was, like, careless. You can't be doing that in the second period when you have the long change. I mean, the fact that Nikita Kucherov was the only person there back-checking should tell you how terrible of a change that was for Tampa. You didn't have, I you mean, didn't what... Have your defense won't even Yeah, back. I mean, <laughs> what even? That was such an error. So that was, you know, well, probably the biggest unforced error of the night that I felt like really started to dig the dagger in. As, but, a, uh, as, then, a, as a Carolina fan, it was it was a beautiful pass. I mean, um, I mean oh, I'm sure. Aho stormed down the ice and, you know, with less than two well, less than two minutes from, or almost less than two minutes of the other goal. I do in. just want to say, Tal, and again, I'm not nitpicking here. I'm just saying this as a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. When you look <laughs> at that replay, frame by frame, Zapruder style, it looks like Ajo is offsides. It hey. really does. It hey. really does. But nobody challenged it, and you just got to keep moving and take it, I guess. Go talk, go talk to your refs uh, down there in Tampa and <sighs> see if they'll – Dude, I know. Well, well to, to, to say this, you know – like less than five minutes later, we're sitting here with a two nothing lead, looking fantastic in Tampa. Scored two five on five beautiful goals versus Vasilevsky, and then all of a sudden, right after our hood puts us up two nothing, we take a terrible, terrible cross check penalty. And it is, and it's Sebastian Ajo. With it's the Sebastian Ajo. Yep. And uh, yeah. Aho giveth and Aho taketh away because just like that, Tampa gets on the power play. There is a beautiful, clean passing se- sequence between Stamkos and Kucherov and Hedman. Braden Point finds the puck in the crease and airs it right 
into the net. It was absolutely gorgeous, and it did not take long. And so we kind of got our answer uh, if Tampa Bay could adjust to the penalty kill of the Carolina Hurricanes. They they certainly adjusted right there. That was um, beautiful. It was familiar. It was clinical. It it made me feel like, all right, we're back in this. We're definitely back in this. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely got back in with that one. Uh, I felt like the tide because, you know, at this point, Tampa led in shots still 17 to 15. I felt like y'all had um, rebounded, obviously. I know face-offs isn't a huge thing, but you had picked it up in the second half. You were leading Carolina at that point, 7-4 on face-offs. You had 21 shots on Mrazic late going into it. And then, you know what? You know what? Carolina decides, let's just throw another penalty up on the board. Uh, I, I missed... I think I actually missed who the penalty was on the second time. Um, let me just tell you, and again, you know, I, I said I wasn't going to complain about the refs. I'm going to complain about the refs the whole time. It's just too easy to do. They missed, like, so many blatant hooking calls on Braden Point earlier in the period, and then they finally called one, which I was happy about. But, like, come on. I, mean, I agree. I, I went back and looked at a couple replays, and I felt like there was a chance that um, that power play should have been five on three. Um, the refs have been terrible. I th- I think back in game two, I think there was a couple interference calls that didn't get called on um, Tampa when Nadelkovic was in goal. But uh, those that's an old game. That's old news. We're on game three, but um, these refs are <laughs> trying these, to move they, on. These, these refs are terrible. Uh, they've been terrible. Um, they've yeah. The they've, NHL needs to have a reckoning. Yeah. It's it's not it's not just like the refs themselves it's the whole culture of game management and the idea that when you give a team a penalty you're looking to give the other team a penalty to quote-unquote manage the game it's it's so destructive and i think this game is a perfect example because the need to manage the game in overtime is what i feel like got us the outcome that it got um but we'll get there we'll get there we're still in the second um, so yeah, hook and call. Tampa goes to the power play again, um, and we were hot. We were hot. Uh, Stamkos plays with the puck a little bit, bit in his office, gets it over to Kucherov. Kucherov's shot gets a rebound, and Kalorin taps taps it into the net. Has a beautiful Selly, great Selly, Selly of the night in my opinion. <laughs> um, and just like that, we're two to two. I actually think I ruined that goal for you by accident. I'm sorry. Huh. Oh yeah, you kind of did. Your live stream is uh, a My behind. stream is like delayed by like thirty seconds, and uh, Tao was typing in the Google Doc that we have that Kaloran had scored, so got a little bit spoiled for me. But I don't care because I like the result. It took twenty five seconds. At the, end of the second going into the third, I mean, it took, only took twenty five seconds. I think okay, so that was the twenty five second one. The first power play was not. No, the first but, power play was a was a minute and some change after um, Ahu scored. Because Aho literally it was, 20... It was quick, though. I mean, yeah, Aho that, that literally... second period was real, real exciting. 2-0 to 2-2, two power plays. Um, but you're starting to think after that period that it's now Tampa who's struggling 5-on-5. Five five. You can't get anything going 5-on-5, five five, and that proved to be the downfall of Tampa as we move into the later stages of the game. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, then, of course, we have another Hurricanes player limping to the locker room. Yeah, it was Warren Fogel this time. I believe he was hit by Kucherov and Chernak on the... Oh, no, Chernak was hit by Pesci, and Chernak looked like he was he was hurt also on your side, but Fogel got hit by Kucherov um, late in the third period and ended up sending Fogel to the back, uh, limping off, and this time... Another offensive player, I believe he is. He goes down. We lose another forward to injury again, sadly. Um, and it looked it looked even like Chernak was going to be down too, but he came. He luckily came back for you guys in the third. But Fogel 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 was pretty roughed up. Um, I I didn't see anything wrong with the hit from Kucherov. I don't think it needed a penalty, but um, Fogel was yeah, Fogel was, was really hurt. He was definitely injured. 
um, went right to the to the locker room and at the end of the period we sat at 22 to 18 shots Tampa with 22 um, two for two on the power play for Tampa and Carolina had finally scored a couple of 5v5 goals to keep the game tied as Morazic was just getting hounded by the bolts with consistent pressure um, but we we got up our face-off percentage that period the power play goals were amazing I liked the play there I liked what I was seeing that looked like the Tampa Bay Lightning that we're used to and I I hope that the crowd was as into it as we were at home because Amelie was at its largest occupancy since pre-pandemic and I wish I was there because I'm sure that place was rocking but, was- uh, yeah going into the third it was like whoever can take the next 20 minutes or 40 minutes or however long it takes is really going to uh, have a have a chance in this series whether it's 3-0 or 2-1 it's it was going to be huge so third period was big yeah I think you guys had like 13,800 people in attendance for the for the game I think it was like the biggest biggest crowd you you guys had all season plus postseason obviously during the season we all didn't have any fans there rarely um, and that it it was a huge thing for you guys to actually be able to have all those fans coming from having you know been in Carolina for two games and Carolina obviously bringing their fans in and having a full pretty much a full full place too. So I think it I think it was huge because I think it like elevated Tampa's play going into the third and it showed. Um, also at this time. Again, scheduling in the NHL playoffs, I will prove it right here, is terrible. At that point in time, going into the third period, Boston and Islanders will go into overtime. It is absolutely ridiculous how we have scheduled these series. It's stupid. Start one a couple hours early. That way, these games don't overlap. It's yeah, dumb. bullshit. I mean, I would have loved to have watched Boston and New York as well, but I couldn't. All I was getting was live lookings during the intermission breaks <laughs> for five minutes. I mean, that was a, a crazy exciting game. And, of course, you know, everyone pretty much had to make a Sophie's Choice on that one unless you have two monitors. But as as a Tampa fan, like, obviously I'm going to be dialed into the Lightning game. I'm going to be looking at the score, like, on my phone. But I, I, I'd like to enjoy both games. That would be nice, <laughs> you know? Yeah, as a Carolina fan, I, I switched between the period breaks because, you know, NBC's – Announcers are terrible. I wish we had like Bally Sports or um, other God, other people. Yeah, I don't need to announcing. hear Anson Carter and whatever Kaylee, whatever her name is, talking um, about you know whatever bullshit they'd be talking about on the intermission. I watched some of that um, game. I watched some of that game. I, don't, I got. I caught. I think I caught a couple of the scores, but no. I caught, I caught Barzell's goal to tie it. I did catch that. Yeah. That was that was a beauty. It looked like a. He had that place rocking, the Coliseum. And I was honestly, I'm rooting for the Islanders. I I hate Boston. I really do. (laughs) I think they're so annoying. And I I really am wanting a rematch of the conference final from last year to happen because I think it would just be so awesome to beat down the Islanders yet again to go to the Stanley Cup. But, you know, we'll get there. Do you want to do you want to do you want to lead off into your third period because you guys literally came out hot in the third period. The only thing I will mention is that Fogel did come back out in the third period. He seemed to try to give it a go. He looked like Anthony Davis in the Lakers game. I don't know if anybody else watched that. He played literally five minutes and hobbled back to the locker room and did not come back. I think Fogel played like 16 seconds. Oh, shit. well, uh, I was just using that as an analogy because Anthony Davis absolutely looked horrible after coming out last night in the Lakers game. Sorry to get off topic, but, you know, Fogel tried it. Fogel gave it a hard, hard try to go, and I applaud him for trying to go. But I'll let you talk about how Tampa really came out in the, the third because you, you guys ramped up your energy. Starting the oh, we did. It, was, it felt like at any moment we were going to finish y'all. I mean, attempt – everyone and their mother had a chance in that period. <laughs> it was so – frustrating to see Morasic playing as well as he was with all the opportunities and chances we were getting and especially just like with our top line guys like I think Cooch and Braden Point both had just like brilliant opportunities I think well we'll get to it but later in the period they actually set the smoke off in in Amelie because they thought we had scored it was like 
the worst joke ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. We we came out really hot. Carolina looked flat. Uh, we were sh- out shooting you guys seven to one in the third. It it was like such a reversal from the first two games because it really actually felt like we were dominating. Whereas in the first two games, I felt like we didn't really have a dominating presence on the ice, but we somehow came away with a win. So it was super encouraging, super, super awesome to watch. I felt like it was coming. Um, the loss of Fogel seemed to like kind of take a toll on your offense and your team as a whole. You couldn't really get anything going except for a few chances. And then there was finally a broken stick for Carolina. So we had four broken sticks at that point. Um, and Ajo was getting a lot more shifts, obviously, with the injuries. And then we get down kind of to the last couple of minutes, and there's just an absolutely terrible icing call by the refs. Stamkos literally was at the puck, and he blows the whistle for icing. Didn't even make total it to bullshit. The end of the ice. Didn't even make it to the, the place to call icing, honestly. He, he beat, yeah, he beat was, Carolina to it. He, he, had, he had a beat. I literally tweeted out. I was like, someone explain to me how that's icing. Like, I'm five years old because I don't – fucking understand why they called that and they knew it was a bad call which is why they put the face off inside the dot but it's just like another instance where you're like jesus can these guys get it together please for for a period can you get it together (laughs) um and then coming down into the final couple minutes of the period alex corn makes a great play racing dougie hamilton to the puck and gets taken down and we have a power play coming for a Tampa team that has been 100% so far through the game. But, Tal, what did you think of the call? Um, Terrible play by Dougie. Um, I, I get that he's trying to fight off Kalorn from scoring his second goal of the game. Kalorn has been huge for you guys throughout the entire playoff series, not just here but in Florida, and the man has showed up for the playoffs. Um, He's had a reemergence for your squad. Dougie just made a absolute terrible tripping, I believe, it was tripping um, penalty there. It put us really in a vulnerable point. I believe Carolina had five shots in the third period. We had 18 at the end of the, f- the second. We went into overtime having 23 going into overtime. So we took five shots in the entire period while Tampa took almost t- 10 or 11, um, including the power play. But I, f- I felt at that, that time I felt Tampa – Looking at it again, as you said in, in game two, um, all the high danger chances were going to Tampa. It looked like Tampa was putting the puck on the net, getting inside the slot. But I also felt that Tampa, at that point in time, from McCain's perspective, was doing a lot of what Carolina has been doing in this series, taking a lot of shorts, shots from the point, not moving the puck. It, they were moving the puck, but they weren't moving it as effectively as Tampa has shown they can. And Morazic was just unbelievable to end the third period. The man really kept us in the game. He shut down Tampa uh, on a lot of occasions. Um, was able to get some beautiful saves on Braden Point, some beautiful saves on Kucherov, and even Stammer. I felt like from a yeah. Carolina well, standpoint, Stamkos just missed. Yeah. He just missed on the shot entirely. I don't even think he hit the net. Well, I think as a um, Carolina point, you, you got to the point where Dougie got the foul and you're like, oh, no, they have they have figured out how to score on their power play versus us, which has been a problem for you guys versus us, except for, you know, the, the game one where you scored your first goal on a power play. But obviously with Carolina being the highest defensive penalty kill in the league coming into the playoffs, we, we take pride in – making sure that we kill penalties and that we are defensively minded. And then to not only know that, we had 53 seconds left on the power play to go into overtime. And I was thinking, Tampa is going to get a rest. Tampa is going to – sorry, I guess we lost connection on the phone call. But uh, Tampa is getting – you know, at that point, Tampa's getting rest. Tampa's getting, you know, fired up again to um, – fired up again to have a shot at winning the game in overtime to start off. And so from a Tampa Bay perspective, I'm pretty sure you were hyped. I was hyped. I think, because... I think though, you know, there are certain penalties like you have to take. And I think Dougie knew he was uh, out positioned in that moment. And he took that penalty and, you know, it turned out to be an okay thing. I'm sure I saw him shaking his knee anxiously in the penalty box 
because he knew that was that he had fucked up in that moment and given uh, the most dangerous power play in the league a chance at you know shutting this game down. And I do want to mention that there was a blatant high stick on Braden Point during that final minute of the period during the power play <laughs> that was completely ignored. Should have been a five on three. Fuck you, refs. Said I wasn't going to do it. it. Totally well, doing it. I'll send you. I'll send you the it. clip. It was pretty blatant. Um, but yeah, I <laughs> just, I just couldn't believe <laughs> that we went into overtime. It felt like, even though it was a shortened power play with with the period ending and it carrying over, so many good looks. Again, everyone and their mother on that unit had a shot on net. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. Morassic came up big, but uh, yeah, kind of disappointing. And then we go into overtime, and I'm stressed as a mofo i was my heart rate was up i have ptsd from overtime from last playoffs i've never been so anxious in my life and unfortunately this year it seems like the reverse has been true we haven't had that power play moment or or i'm sorry the overtime moment that we seem to have every every series during the playoff run last year obviously because after the Dougie Hamilton penalty ends, and we are still tied in overtime. The big on moment comes. Great, on a great save, uh, by the way. Yeah. Braden Point went right across the crease and absolutely laid one right into the slot on Mrazic, but he put the blocker out and saved it. It was beautiful from your standpoint. Uh, I literally thought it was, it was game over. I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying – he doesn't deserve the credit. He definitely does. He came up huge there. He did his job, clearly. Um, what I'm most disappointed about is what happened next, and that is Tampa was dominating, hemming y'all in in the zone, really good offensive looks and chances, and then all of a sudden the whistle blows, and we have an offensive zone penalty against Kucherov for holding the stick of, what's his name, Natchez? Blatant hold. But it's Natchez or it's Natchez, right? That was who it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was Natchez. Yeah. So, um, I know, I know, it was a good call. I just want to go back to the game management thing. I think giving, you know, the penalty on Hamilton, it, it, you know, you got to know the refs are looking to call something on you to to manage the game to even things out, and to, to take a stupid penalty like that is just so lazy. And just completely, completely unnecessary, especially because it's an offensive zone penalty. I, yeah, just terrible. And it was at that moment I knew we had fucked up, and I just knew it. And I <laughs> sat there on pins and needles and watched the Carolina power play go to work. And then we get a shot from the slot from Ajo, tips off Jordan Stahl's stick, and that's a wrap. And all of a sudden we have a series between Carolina and Tampa. 2-1 Tampa advantage, but Carolina comes away with the win in overtime. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. I couldn't talk hard. for like it 45 minutes. Adam was like, Adam was teaching a class and he came out and he was like, what happened? I was like, don't talk to me. I was like, I will never emotionally recover from this. I was fine in 45 <laughs> minutes, but all I kept thinking about was like, oh my God, now I have to relive this shit on the podcast tomorrow. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, actually at the first it was actually uh, the um, – the people on NBC said it was Ajo's goal. They had later changed it about twenty minutes. It, it later, looked like Ajo's goal, and but on the replay you could see it was it was a slight tip from Jordan Stahl, which actually the Cost, NBC commentator that that old fucking dude he he picked Stahl, so good for him. Tal actually had <laughs> picked Ajo. Um, we had we had made our predictions. I picked Braden Point, of course. He picked Sebastian Ajo. Um. Yeah, and I Tal's decided, been I killing it. That... Tal's been winning money left and right on DraftKings with his prediction. So if anyone needs like betting advice, please go to Tal. I certainly need to. I haven't won a single <sighs> dime all postseason. You know the sad part about it is, Aho's goal getting changed. I was winning twenty three dollars last night on <laughs> on DraftKings. Aho's goal gets changed about twenty minutes later. I go from winning twenty three to eight dollars. So I might not be the best, <laughs> but I did win. I did win such some a buzzkill. <laughs> Um, that killed my night outside of Carolina not losing. Um, oh, you that were so hyped. From a you were so hyped. I, like, I, I wrote um, in, in our Google Doc, I said, Talmadge, please do not gloat. I'm going to need some space and time. I love you, <laughs> but 
Please don't go. And Tal's over here posting on Facebook, tweeting, every social media platform he can. He's talking about Ajo's game winner. Turned out to be still, but still, well, at the I was time, like, I thought Jesus. It was, yeah. yeah. At the time, I thought it was Ajo, but I wasn't trying to gloat. I was I was really happy. Um, no, it was a great game. It was a great game. Um, and you know what? I, I think for me, I was more impressed with the Lightning's performance in that game than I have been in the previous two games where we came away with a win. And I'm totally confident in our group. I'm confident in, you know, our players and our coaching staff. I know we're going to rebound. We're a, we're a great team after a loss in the playoffs. Um, let me knock on wood here <laughs> so I don't jinx anything. But uh, we did not lose two in a row ever in our playoff run to the Cup. And I'm confident that we can continue that. And please, God, let's hope we do because I, I'm be, not going to be, be able to handle a six-game series here. We need to wrap this up on Tuesday. Um, be, be, be careful. Be careful what you say because the last time Carolina has played in series 2-0 down, we have uh, we've won the series. So watch, watch. you might you might want to might want to tread lightly because you don't yeah. want to be making any too many promises I gotta, that, that I gotta t- this series is over. manifesting and putting good energy into the <laughs> universe. But yeah, we ended we ended the game with our final stats. Tampa led in shots, thirty-seven to twenty-six. Led in power play chances, obviously two-thirds uh, successful to Carolina, fifty uh, percent successful. Faceoffs went to Carolina. Block shots went to the Canes. Hits hits went to the Canes as well, thirty-three twenty-nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surprisingly, surprisingly, After, that that uh, that was surprising. I don't remember physical. really seeing a lot of Carolina hits. Certainly not thirty-three, but you know we'll trust the numbers. Um, but yeah, just just overall, just disappointment. Obviously, disappointment, and you know a soft offensive zone penalty being called in overtime. Um, pissed for Cooch because I know you know he, he 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 can't be taking two penalties a game, and it seems like he has. <laughs> recently um he just needs to simmer down and just, and just play smart i know guys are gunning for you all the time i know you're getting hit when you really shouldn't be getting hit but you know you got to be level-headed you got to play Definitely. smart especially in a playoff situation in overtime at home it also is just crazy because for some reason tampa can't win game threes at home in overtime and i don't know what it is but it seems to be a theme we got going <laughs> on here it's just nuts um but yeah, definitely, definitely seems to be a, a yeah. Big thing for I, I'm I'm confident in our in our group though. I know we're gonna rebound. I think game four tomorrow at four o'clock is going to be awesome. I'm happy it's like an early game because that means like we I'm can not, like chill out yeah. and enjoy it. I know Tal's going to a baseball game, but I'm gonna cover for him, keep him updated, and try to enjoy yeah, it as much as I can. This is just such a fun series. And and on the positive side, with Carolina winning, now we know we have at least two more games to cover together for the pod so it's not all bad definitely not all bad at all but uh any final thoughts Tal, on game three before we preview game four and and deal with some other news around the league um last thing i'll say is again nbc you suck (laughs) reschedule these games to make them better i do not want to have to sit here in the going into the third period watching brad marchand's score an overtime winner Versus the Islanders, while my team's trying to defend off a power play on the left side of the screen, while I'm trying to to pray to God that we don't lose this game. Obviously, we didn't. But um, again, fix your stuff. Care about the defending Stanley Cup champions instead of putting them to the side. Um, they're the defending Stanley Cup champions for a reason. Like this isn't just like one of those series where we can just put to the side. Like actually take some time and realize what you're doing. Um, outside of that, game three, I, I felt pretty good about it. Mrazic was fantastic, 35 saves on 37 shots against. That's the last thing I'll say about game three, pretty much. Um, overall, great game. Can't can't complain. We won. Yeah, and I think you we have to you have to have a short memory in the playoffs. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. I think yeah. the boys know how to do that. They've been there before. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to game four. I think a couple things we're obviously going to be watching are the injuries for Carolina. I did see a tweet today yeah. that said Fogel and, um, oh my God, I just blanked. Trocek. <laughs> Fogel and Trocek are both trying <laughs> to be ready for game four. So we'll have to be watching that, monitoring that, seeing what that looks like as far as injuries for you guys. 
Obviously, on the Lightning side with injuries, we'll be looking to see if David Savard draws back in. He was at morning skate today or at the optional practice, um, which I don't think means he's playing game four. I think more than likely game five. And other things I think I'm going to be looking for is to see if we can rebound, obviously. Um, but definitely just, like, not taking these stupid penalties. Like, we've we've got to be better about that. And it's been a struggle for us all season. I think we're one of the most penalized teams in the league. That doesn't mean we're a dirty team. Um, but I think, Nothing. obviously, like, we are we, – we get looked at a lot more closely, I think, in certain situations. And we have to be aware of that. And we have to be able to adjust to that and, and still stick to our game. Be physical, but stick to our game. Stick to our game plan. Not let, let – Stupid things like that alter the course of a series. We both are, uh, we're both the top two penalized teams in the NHL. Oh, perfect. Great. We'll see what refs we get. I, I think Kelly Sutherland is like due for us at some point. And Kelly Sutherland. You do remember that Carolina had 16 penalties in game two. I do. Four. I do. (laughs) We are terrible. I do. Uh, um, Luckily, we defended good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any other things you're going to be looking for as we preview Game Four? Um, the health of Trocheck and Fogel. Um, to see if they're actually good enough to play. Um, the only the only bad part about that is I feel like we don't need to we don't need to give roster slots to people that aren't going to be able to fully play a 60-minute hockey game to their full capabilities because we are already short-manned because Nina Ryder's not going to play three or four. Um, he did not travel with the team. Um, that's just my insight looking ahead of, to game four was injuries. Um, make sure we have enough players on the active roster where if somebody does go down, we're not going to be absolutely killed. We don't need to activate both of them if one of them is not healthy to clear and healthy to play because we need we need all the help we can get right now. Yeah, I thought I thought Morgan Morgan Geeky played great. I thought he he did an excellent he job. Um, just from another team's perspective, I really thought he he fit well in there. He seemed comfortable. I think that was a good sign for you guys for sure. But definitely something to look for will be these Carolina injuries going forward. And then I think just to see Tampa's response, do they come out at home and, and show why they're the defending champs with a dominating performance, or do we have another closely fought, tooth and nail, scratch, claw, scream type of game like we had for Game 3? Be interesting to watch. I already can't wait. I'm already counting down the hours. And, uh, yeah, that, w- that was Game 3. do want to mention before we end the podcast just some other news around the league. When we were recording Episode 1 the other day, uh, midway through the podcast was the hit on Jake Evans. And, uh, yeah, Tal, you want to give your thoughts on that hit? Um, after looking at replays, I, I'll, I, I think it was an egregious hit. I think Shifley could have stopped. I think he should have stopped. I get why he, he went for it because he felt like he was trying to – he felt that was the only way he was going to stop him, but – the egregiousness of it, and I kind of wish player safety would step up and actually do actual in-person hearings because I think that in-person hearings carry a longer suspension time. Not to say that four games isn't a decent penalty for him because um, the series could definitely now end in four games if Montreal keeps winning like they are, especially with Carey Price and goal. Um, but I, I'm... I'm I'm satisfied with his suspension. Um, I think it was I deserved. Five games. I think it was I think definitely I deserved. Games, I mean, the dude skated 200 feet of ice to deliver that hit. Uh, Spitting chocolates, who I usually enjoy, was saying that. Oh, if Evans had gotten up after that hit, nobody would be talking about how terrible it was. They would have been saying that's a great hit. It's because he was on a stretcher. I was like, dude, the reason why he didn't get up is because it was such a terrible hit. That's why he didn't get up. It was awful. And, you know, they're saying, oh, he should have had his head up. Come on. It's the final minute of the The period. He's going to score a goal. How is he supposed to know that a guy's coming from 200 feet away to, like, run over him like a truck? Just, like, come on. Yeah, definitely. We should not blame Evans. And even if he sees him, 
there's no guarantee that Evans even is alert enough to get out of the way in time because hell he's no. trying to put that goal in. Yeah, hell no. Hell no. Just just ridiculous. Well, I'm I'm gonna tune in to the rest of the Montreal game here after this. Um I'm rooting I'm rooting for the Canadians. I am. I'm I'm over the Jets after that, but you know, it's just, <laughs> I'm very emotional. Well, um I did put I did put down on my outline uh we would give some uh, score predictions for this uh game four. Um if you're if you're up to just throwing one out of what you think is gonna happen. Obviously I know we're probably gonna be different on it, but mm-hmm. um if you have a score prediction you think might happen. I think Mirazic's gonna be in goal. Um I can't see he them going is. away from Mirazic. I can't see them going away from Mirazic, especially the way he played in Emily Arena. I think if we do go back into Delkovich, I think either goalie's fine. Um, I think nah, y'all are sticking a with Mrazek tighter for sure. I think it's going to be Mrazek in goal, and from that standpoint, I think obviously Vazzy will be in goal. He's not coming out. Well, I I think it's going to be I think it's going to be another close one. I think the Lightning come away with the win. I am going to say a score of three to one with one empty netter goal. I think it'll be tight up until the very end, but I think Vazzy performs well and our defense comes through and we play a cleaner, more alert game than we did yesterday. And I will predict that the goals are scored by Anthony Sorelli. No, now I'm going to take that back. Uh, I think Stamkos is due. I, he he doesn't miss often, and I think he'll be thinking about that shot that he missed in the in the third period on the power play for a while, and he'll be out for blood. So I'm going to say Stamkos with a goal. Other goal I'll give to Nikita Kucherov as payback. He's a sick man. He's going to be looking for payback. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel you there. Um, Carolina, Carolina side, um, I, I won't be able to watch the game much. I might record it on my dish. Uh, network and watch it when I get back home to kind of follow up of what happened and to kind of recap my myself for the next one of these. Um, yeah, you should if you want to keep your job. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you don't hopefully you don't fire me. I want to be up here for a while, you know, cuz I mean, I like to cover the next playoff series even if the Canes don't make it cuz you know. Well, one one of our Tampa. teams is not going to is not going to be moving on, but yeah, hopefully it's yeah, it's not I, I mine. I hope mine's moving on. But, yeah, you'll be here for a minute. So, um, but, what's your prediction? Um, outside of that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take I'm gonna take another one. Uh, I'm going to say 5-4. Obviously, Carolina. I'm a Carolina fan. I'm going to back my team. 5-4. Five, 5-4. Four. Five, four. You think, think they get, get some, five goals on Vazzy? I think, I think we actually get some production this time in the first period. Missing three of your, three calling of for your top I've forwards? I've been calling for it. All yep. right. Uh-huh. I th- I think it's going to be 5-4. Uh um and I think it's going to go to overtime again. Uh to make you sweat. Um Jeez. I think I think I'm I'm going to I'm going to call it Vin- Vinny Vincent Churchcheck will get the game winner. You think um, he returns? He's going to He's going to come back. I think he's going to return. He's going to he's going to he's going to score. I think the other goals are going to be uh one, one Morgan Morgan Geeky if he actually plays if Warren Fogle was out. Um I think he'll score a goal. If not, I think Shevchenkov will show up and get two goals on Vazzy. Yeah, he's been one quiet. One being a power play. One being a power play. And I think Dougie Hamilton finally gets a goal in this series and I'll give um Pesci the other one. Um he's been pretty much our our offensive guy. I think Ahu will have a couple assists to also go with those goals, but I don't think Ahu will score. He's usually the trend usually points to him being more of an assist player the next game. Depending on how we come out and fight, we can't come out and fight flat. But um, I think Morazic gets us another win. But I think it goes to overtime. Um, don't be shocked if it goes to double overtime. But I won't be able to watch it. I'm taking my little brother to a baseball game to watch the um, Mudcats play. Well, so I, I will be watching for the both of us, and I will be live tweeting as well. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at TB High Voltage. We live tweet all the games. Um, we give our thoughts and opinions there, and we'll also be posting the pods in case you need to find one. So follow us on Twitter. Um, really quickly, just want to give a recap on other series around the league. Obviously, Winnipeg, Montreal. Montreal's winning that series 1-0 right now. They're playing game two as we speak. Colorado is leading Vegas 2-0 in the series. The series goes back to Vegas. 
uh, tonight. Sweep. Um, I I think it's a sweep too. Colorado Avs scared those shit out of me. I think they are absolutely amazing. Um, obviously, I think Tampa can beat them, but they are they are a surgical team. They are they are really really good. We'll see we'll see how the game with Vegas goes tonight. And then, of course, in our series, we have a 2-1 Tampa advantage, and Boston and New York is 2-1 Boston after the overtime winner from Brad Marchand last night. But, yeah, that was Game 3. We look forward to Game 4 tomorrow, which is at 4 o'clock. It's an early game, so get your drinks and your clappers ready, hoping for a strong lightning win. And it is on USA. So, uh, to summarize, fuck NBC, fuck the refs, and go bolts. Thank you guys for listening.